Hello, I'm Art Fuller, PhD, and welcome to the latest episode of The 5-Minute Expert, where today we're wrapping up our episodes on oddities by looking at Robert Ripley and Ripley's Believe It or Not. Who would have believed a sports cartoonist would end up drawing a newspaper cartoon panel which dealt in bizarre events and items so strange and unusual that readers often question the claims? I trust you'll believe in today's sponsor, Odd Man Out, an online dating service for odd people. Got some quirky habits that seem to put others off? Obsessive, compulsive traits that tend to make people uncomfortable around you? You may be odd. Many people are. And for odd people, dating can be tough. Now there's a solution. Odd Man Out, the online dating service for odd people. Just complete our online questionnaire and we'll match you up in no time with another odd person. You can share your odd tendencies with the love of your life and build your OCD dreams together. That's Odd Man Out for all your odd dating needs. Robert Ripley drew a cartoon detailing sports feats called Champs and Chumps for the New York Globe. It premiered in December of 1918. Over time, he began adding items unrelated to sports and changed the cartoon's name to Believe It or Not. Over the next couple of years, Ripley's cartoon panel began being picked up by other newspapers. Ripley hired a full-time researcher to find him unusual facts and stories in 1924. But by 1930, Believe It or Not had become internationally syndicated and within a couple of years it was being read by over 80 million people daily. Soon after, Ripley started collecting the newspaper panels and reprinting them in paperback books. Ripley also brought Believe It or Not to radio, the first of several series heard on NBC, CBS, and the Mutual Broadcasting System. He was given a Monday night NBC series, but switched to a series that aired twice each week. Robert Ripley is known for several radio firsts. He was the first to broadcast nationwide on a radio network from mid-ocean, and he also participated in the first broadcast from Buenos Aires to New York City. Assisted by a corps of translators, he was the first to broadcast to every nation in the world simultaneously. Always in search of the bizarre, he recorded live radio shows underwater and from the sky, the Carlsbad Caverns, the bottom of the Grand Canyon, snake pits, and other exotic locales. Ripley quickly moved into the short film format and did 24 Believe It or Not films for Warner Brothers between 1930 and 1932. He collected over 30,000 odd artifacts and first displayed his collection to the public at the Chicago World's Fair in 1933. It was labeled Ripley's Auditorium, that's an O instead of an A, and attracted over 2 million visitors during the run of the fair. In an apparent promotional gimmick, beds were provided in the auditorium for people who quote-unquote fainted. That successful exhibition led to trailer shows across the country during the 1930s, and Ripley's collections were exhibited at many major fairs and expositions, including San Francisco, San Diego, Dallas, and Cleveland. Eventually, these trailer exhibits led to the creation of auditoriums built around the U.S. and all over the world. 
Australia, China, Hong Kong, India, Indonesia, Kuwait, Malaysia, the Philippines, South Korea, Thailand, Denmark, the United Kingdom, Canada, and Mexico, all have had Ripley's auditoriums at one time or another. Ripley made it his mission to prove that truth and reality were difficult to define. He swore that everything he printed was true, and among the outrageous claims he made over the years were, Buffalo Bill never shot a buffalo. He shot bison. Ireland's St. Patrick wasn't Irish or Catholic, and his name wasn't Patrick. And that sometimes you can't recognize truth until someone shines a sharp light on a subject, as Ripley did when his cartoon revealed that the Star Spangled Banner based on a crude English drinking song, had never been formally adopted as the American National Anthem. This led to a 1931 petition to Congress with five million signatures to make the anthem official. Ripley entertained and taunted readers with hundreds of illustrated bits of mystery. The armless man who played the piano. The chicken that lived 17 days with its head cut off. The fact that Charles Lindbergh was not the first man to make a non-stop flight across the Atlantic Ocean, but actually the 67th. Many readers simply refused to believe him and they wrote him letters, sometimes thousands each day. Some called him the biggest liar in the world. But his cartoons appeared in over 300 newspapers and in dozens of languages. Ripley was earning over $500,000 a year during the height of the Depression. Ripley constantly roamed, obsessively searching for strange facts and faces for his cartoon. He would visit scores of countries meeting headhunters and cannibals, royalty and beggars. He loved to brag about his trip to hell, a rural Norwegian village, and the 152 degree day spent in Tripoli. He met holy men in India, Bedouins in Persia and Iraq, topless villagers in Africa and New Guinea. Most of his trips were funded by William Randolph Hearst, whose publicist came up with a name for Ripley, the modern Marco Polo. Peanuts creator Charles M. Schultz's first publication of artwork was actually published by Ripley. It was a cartoon claiming his dog was a hunting dog who eats pins, tacks, screws, nails, and razor blades. Schultz's dog Spike later became the model for Peanuts' Snoopy. Oddly, the first Believe It or Not TV series, a live show hosted by Ripley, premiered on March 1, 1949. Shortly after the 13th episode on May 27th, Ripley died of a heart attack, only 59 years old. He is buried in the Oddfellows Lawn Cemetery in Santa Rosa, California. Believe it or not. Well, Larry, what do you have for us from the peanut gallery today? Charlie from Ranasosa, California, emailed us to ask if we knew how to get in touch with the Believe It or Not folks. Charlie claims to have a two-headed fish he caught while swimming in Niagara Falls. Charlie, that seems like a pretty fantastical claim, and I'm not sure Larry or I believe it. Wait a minute. Larry says he definitely believes it because his cousin Coco had a two-headed fish once. That is, until he decided to eat it. Well, that's something I would have held on to, I would think, hungry or not. Anyway, tell one person about the podcast today. You'll be glad you did. <laughs>